All right, so welcome to PBR. We are back in the safe house. Back in the safe house. So right now in the background, you guys can hear a train going by. It's screeching left and right because it has not been maintenanced in forever. Oh, my goodness. It's annoying. WD-40 has to get washed all over that thing. Uh, give a shout-out real quick to our sponsors, Matthew Movement. Dot com wear what you believe check them out amazing clothing uh we got mike the baptist with us we got geology yep, and up? i have finally found a name my name is no longer ivan the average it is religion man religion man <laughs> Yeah, we got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Religion, man. Today, we're going to be talking about worldviews. We're really just bridging. If you guys haven't heard our last episode, uh, please check us out on our YouTube channel. Um, and, and you can also comment uh, and, and leave us. Leave us any comment. If you want us, if there's a topic you want to hear, you can see us and hit us up at proofbeyondreason.com at gmail.com join the conversation join it join it uh we're going to be bridging from our last uh episode that was talking about the culture and now talking about the worldviews that are making up our culture today and kind of bridge that what is a worldview where are we going with that and and stay tuned i mean we're it's a great conversation we're going to be having soon and next week we have something special for you guys as well so make sure you guys stay tuned Okay, so with multiculturalism being taught in schools, this is what Barna Group says. Barna Group is saying that with multiculturalism being now taught in our schools, many Americans are now being led to believe that morals are now de- being determined by one's cultural upbringing. Mm. That's crazy. Yep, that's just like Sigmund Freud said, where he described that we are affected by our environment and basically worldviews is our upbringing, how we view things in the world. So worldview, we we talked about it a little bit uh, in our last episode, but I think we need to dive a little bit deeper to clarify like worldviews, like what does that mean, and and you know with what uh, Ivan was saying about. Um, you know, how morality is determined based off of what culture you come from. You know, I think we just got to dive a little bit deeper into that. So, yeah, worldviews, just to get into it, if we if we can kind of envision what a worldview is, we worldview and religion, are they separate? No. Same. Um, because there's different opinions on that. You know what? Yeah, Some people yeah, would that's say that you have to, no, you can't put my religion in a worldview blo- box or or vice versa. Well, a religion in it of itself, it is a worldview. It is the, it, uh, the definition of a worldview is how you view the world, the lens by which you see the world, the, 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 the way you interact with the world. So based on your worldview, uh, you will you'll have uh, your values, the way you treat people, the way you treat your body, the way you value relationships, uh, the way you use sexuality, the way you view sexuality, um, the way you treat the earth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is determined on how you view the world and how you view people, how you view yourself. So religion if we throw it in that bucket like we so talked about not last time, they, they're, not, they're not separate. But what's interesting is that someone who holds to a particular religion might not have a true religious worldview. Let me give you an example. Someone who claims to be a Christian might actually not have a biblical worldview. So sometimes you have these celebrities or these uh, people who are mocking Christianity, they'll, they'll interview someone who claims to be Christian, but in the interview, this person does not hold a biblical worldview whatsoever. Uh, and so they're giving uh, a distorted or misconstrued version of what a biblical worldview is. And so yeah, that's happening a lot too, because as I was reading that thing with uh, the, the document with Barna Group, Mm. It was stating that same thing that you're saying right now, that there's kind of like a contradiction right now of people that believe in Christianity or say, I'm a part of this 60, 70 percent of the world that believes in something out there, but I don't believe in something out there. Like Mm. there's almost like this. Well, so you believe in it, but what God do you believe in? 
and it's kind of like, well, I don't really know. So you're not really yeah. a believer, uh, a real, uh, what I would call a, a professing believer or a true believer, because you don't know what's true yet. And then the same statistic is for the atheistic and the agnostic as well on yep. the other side of the table. So Barna Group was saying that they were walking up to a thousand different people all over the nation, right? And out of these thousand people, it was alarming how many people claimed to be agnostic, but at the same time, or claimed to be atheist, said with their own words, they believe that there is a God. But yet they're claiming to be atheistic, uh, coming from an atheistic and an agnostic worldview. And so there's like a contradiction there. Well, I mean, it, it's just like before what we were talking about on the previous episode where we said we're getting all this information in or we're being taught all this information. So all the worldviews are merging together. So basically you're adopting philosophies, adopting ideas, and it's just being a mix. No, that's tr that's legit because, um, you know, when when we look at even let's say specifically though someone who claims to be christian and i think gee we this is we talked about this a long time ago where someone who's a christian will suddenly merge because we're getting all this information and we're starting yep. to get confused because we're bombarded by so much information someone who's a christian will say uh well that was karma they'll use the term karma assuming that it means simply uh, you got what you deserved or you yeah. had what's coming to you. But in fact, karma is so much deeper than that in the realm of the definition of what it is. Um, you know, you'll have Christians kind of say those statements or, you know, you need to release positive energy and all those things. Uh, it's kind of the merging or this uh, collage of ideas and people not really knowing where it's coming from or where it's going like there's no direction there's no there's no uh, solid foundation as to why someone believes or they don't understand really what they believe and um i i was doing um that rzim academy and uh one of the assignments was to talk to someone what is rzim rzim academy. ravi zacharias international ministries uh it's it's an academy uh where you can uh if essentially you don't know about ravi Shout out to Ravi. Shout out to Ravi. Shout out to Ravi Zacharias. That's the man <laughs> right there. Uh, love his ministry. Love what they're doing. Uh, and he has an academy online where basically you can get like a like a foundational study on a Christian apologetics, which apologetics, if you don't know what it is, it's essentially the defense of your faith, whatever your faith is. But in this case, it's Christian apologetics. Uh, and within that one of the assignments, it was to have a discussion with someone about their worldview, uh, someone who uh, has a different worldview than yours, someone who you really don't have uh, interaction with. And uh, and I had the guy fill out like a little survey thing that I created. And this man's worldview was comprised of, man, pantheism, polytheism, um, uh, just it was just all over the place. And I asked him, I said, uh, so you don't see any problem with the fact that all of the, the, the questions that you're answering about uh, origin, uh, meaning, morality, and destiny, uh, that they're, the fact that they contradict, you don't have any problem with that. And he was looking at it and he's like, no, I really don't have an issue with that. So he didn't understand that he didn't have a foundation as to the way he viewed the world. It was just kind of a collage and how he was living for the moment, um, but not really understanding the true essence of his worldview. So he was all confused and all jacked up. And we had a pretty good conversation uh, following that, but, uh, but it, was, uh, it was very interesting how that's the norm of the culture today in which there's this merging of ideas, merging of, of people just kind of throwing things together uh, and, and not really having a solid foundation. So understanding that contradiction and really trying to figure out what your foundation is, I think it's key for, every, for all of us to know that, um, that even though people may not, like you had him fill out this survey, mm -hmm. he doesn't truly know what his worldview is. But even though people may not know what their worldview is, every single person does have a worldview within this noetic structure of what they believe in. They whether it 100%. is whether it is this kind of like con 
concoction of throw in some pantheism with some relativism and a whole bunch of polytheism Mm -hmm. and and let me just get a little bit of atheism in there oh and you know what i like agnostic this morning so i'm gonna and so it but that is compiled within what their worldview as as crazy and as contradicting it can be we just talked about christians saying that they believe but then yet they're still atheists mm, at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. So that's it. That's one of the biggest mm-hmm. contradictions. And this is something that that out of that study that Barna Group did uh, was saying was coming up a lot of the time. So so I think a, an episode like today is definitely needed because what I think we'll dive into what is a worldview, what what compiles a worldview, what can we say is the foundation, how can we see what your worldview is are there key identifiers mm. to that and can we use logic and, behind there and even even more so you know to people who are who are listening or even right here at this table like why is it so important that we emphasize and understand what our worldview is like what's the point what why is it so important and it goes back to to the statement that i made before based on how we view the world is how we're going to interact with the world, how we're going to treat each other, how we're going to treat the environment, how we're going to treat ourselves. And so it's, it's super important to have a foundation and, and to know, because when we have this, you know, the political realm right now, we have just this, uh, just so many people fighting each other, uh, protest and, and, you know, hating each other because you didn't vote for this person. I didn't vote for that person. And it's really revealing how, how much we don't have a foundation as a country, as a community, as a people. We don't necessarily have a solid foundation that we're planted on. So, of course, it's, it, we're gonna, it, it's one thing to have conflict over ideas, but when we just fight each other because it's like, you're wrong, you voted for this person or this and that, like, it's clear that there's no foundation as to, as to the purpose or how people are viewing the world. And people don't even want to understand that. They don't want to understand and sit down at the table or have yeah, I don't care the conversation. about what you think. Yeah. I just want you to either believe in what I believe or I'm coming or, to get you or leave me or or leave me alone. I no, mean no, it's, no. Well, it's no, you need to you side. need to believe what I believe in. It's like yeah. we talked about relativism. People are having that relative view. For the Christian, they're molding God in their own image instead of being transformed to the image of God. Mm. So so but people here here's one thing that I found. I was looking through the Bible, and as I was looking through the Bible, as as we were researching for this, it's so easy to find, just in the Christian realm, to find a verse and take it out of context and create a... Super easy. Create your own version of relativism. So here's a verse that I found, and I was just looking at it, and I was like appalled at how my own mind could look at this verse and say, man, you can use this for whatever you want yes. to be as relative as yep. possible. Hit me so, so Philippians 2.4 tells me that let each of you look not only at his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So it's so simple for me to take a verse like that and I can shout it out and say, well, I got to be, I got to think about homeboy. Like I got to be, be able to include him, let him be him, let him do what he does. This is the world that we're living in right now, that we have to be inclusive. We are in inclusive. There was a, there was an article that said goodbye absolutes. Hello, new morality. Ooh. Ooh. That's what that's the culture in the world that we're living in right now. That that we we're saying goodbye to morality. And I I can say that the Bible has to be one of the leading pieces of 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 work that bring or has brought morality to this world. You know, you have what we would call the Ten Commandments before then. If you're looking in deeper into the five books, you have uh, more laws, more extreme laws. But but there's a moral code inside of this book. And I think that you can accredit the Bible to kind of bringing us into this right direction, even though just as our DNA has information, I really believe that inside of each of us, we have this kind of knowing of this is wrong. I just can't shoot this guy. I just can't kill this guy. No, absolutely. There's, there's uh, C.S. Lewis talks about that uh, we within ourselves, we have this oughtness 
to our to our being and regardless of what culture you come from whether uh you are uh, in a society that is uh, technologically advanced or or maybe you're in a tribe there's this oughtness to human life where if you if you lie to me or you deceived me i desire to have judgment against you there should be judgment on you for deceiving me there should be judgment on you for stealing from me i worked hard to hunt for that animal and you just came when my back was turned and you just took it my heart my desire say uh there should be judgment for that action uh, in the same way if i have a laptop and i'm sitting in, in a in a classroom and i leave that to go to the restroom i come back laptop is gone there's this oughtness in me that says i want justice for what was done and where does that come from where does the the understanding that stealing is wrong lying is wrong uh uh the injustice uh murder in, in an injustice uh way it, it is it is wrong if someone comes to my family uh and you know they 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 rape a child or they harm someone that hasn't done anything there's a, there's a wrong there's an oughtness to behavior and so cs lewis alludes to that in in his book i believe it was the book mere christianity and he alludes to that saying this is the evidence that oughtness that is within us and scripture even talks about mm -hmm. it you know that the law of god is written upon the hearts, hearts. of man yep. and we understand the difference between right and wrong it wasn't that we were you know we were uh, waiting around waiting to receive direction for right and wrong we knew already what was right and wrong we still know what's right and wrong and so uh having the law of god written upon our hearts uh, we we understand that behaviors are right and behaviors are wrong. But to preface that, I think culturally, though, the, you know, there are some things where there's some truth to that. Uh, you know, culturally, there is influence. But overall, when we look at the transcendent morality, key word is transcendent, something that crosses cultures crosses barriers crosses um, uh, organizations, even if you pertain to a specific people group. You're going to have a, this oughtness of morality. I don't care who the leader is. If he's if he's rel if he promotes relativism and he says there is no absolute truth, well, he's giving you an absolute statement yeah, yep. in that. No, no relativism is going to allow for me to walk right up to you and shoot your daughter, and nope. you be okay with it. Nope. I don't care what form of relativism we're talking about where it's like because that's what relativism opens up the door for. Right, G? Yes, uh, relativism w tells me that I am allowed to do whatever I really identify and really want relate to myself in doing and you have to be okay with that. There is there is a relative morality. There is that's what it opens up, but no one's going to be okay with that. Nobody. No one, no one. I mean, relativism in the sense is opinions or feelings, making yourself be pleased. A Dr. Reef, a psychologist, said, we live in a post-aesthetic culture in which we have ceased to be religious and have instead become psychological. Therefore, individual fulfillment is our goal. Religion man was born to be saved. Psychological man is born to be pleased. Religion Oof. man. Religion man. Religion man. Hey, uh, that might be my that's new, his name. new name. Religion, Religion man. man. Done. I don't want I anyone like else it. sending us inquiries about this I man's name. All right. Religion man. All right. So there is. It's at Religion man. You guys can <laughs> soon hit me up at Religion man <laughs> at Twitter. I love I it. Absolutely Ooh. love it. Wait, wait, wait. If someone, we're gonna look it up tonight. <laughs> if someone has that name, I'm, I'm. Yo, we gonna hit him up. Yeah, I'm talking to him. Copyright. I'm gonna fight him. Copyright. <laughs> like I want that religion man. I'm a bit. Yeah, I'm fighting him. Religion man, if you're out there, I'm coming for you. We love you though, but yeah, we get. Well, we get. I that definitely name, need that religion man. So, so going back, let's just for for anybody that that doesn't understand. I think it's good to list um, really in general what worldviews seek to answer. So there's, uh, there's five things, and you can agree to disagree with my five. This, again, is my five. So I've created these out of my what I believe the five uh, things that a worldview would come to answer, and I think everybody can kind of say yes and no to these. Uh, but number one, a worldview will seek to answer, who am I? So who am I 
in this world? Who am I in the universe? Or who am I just in my family, in my culture, in my tribe, wherever I'm at? Number two, worldview seeks to answer, where did I come from? That's a really big answer. It's one that's brought me from going from a straight atheist at a very young age and really batting for atheism uh, for a long, long time to to switching up and going to a different team like putting and putting on a jersey uh that that claims christ and has a cross on it gee you went through that too right yes i was an atheist and then i moved to theism from the occult before that but then i switched to christianity from the occult did you guys hear that like we we may talk about people like yo they're from the illuminati or yo they're from a, a cult my boy g g at geology all right, so so you got religion man talking about G right now being in the occult. I'm sure, man that that yeah, has to my be man. My man has deep. a serious testimony. Definitely, where we we will dive into that deep at some point. But so so then number three, a worldview seeks to answer what happens when I die. This is scary. You know, I just lost my grandpa. My my woman just lost five of her family members in less than a year right and the one thing that goes through my mind is that question it i ask myself i i'm powerless now you know we're all powerless at that time but you still ask yourself man what what's going to happen to them mm-hmm. you know i know what i believe and and what i understand is true but what's going to happen to them when they die that's scary for people most people hate getting old and the fear of getting old is not them getting old like the bones and the joints and everything shriveling up and their beauty fading but it's really because they understand that you're one step closer to that door knock on the door and that's what most people are really afraid of so what happens when i die you know and that's that's key to a lot of what our cultures uh, belief is now in that if if we if there's no ultimate accountability because that's really what that question is is saying you know where do I go when I die but in reality is there an ultimate accountability for the life that I'm living today and if there is none then that justifies us to live our life as we please whatever we want where we get YOLO yeah, exactly. So however I please to live my life, even if that affects your life in a negative way, even if I overstep your human rights, and we'll talk about that in a second, but even if I infiltrate your basic human rights, then it should be okay because, hey, you're weak. I'm strong. And and that rel- that is... I would say the crowning jewel of relativism when we're looking at what that really what that really encompasses. But I would say that jewel is really that crown. I don't want to call it relativism anymore. I want to call that selfishness because that's really what that is. We are saying it's really about me. You only live once. This is my life. I'm about me. I'm about mine. And you can be about whatever you want. But that's the most selfish thing you can ever really hear anybody say. But yet, is that what we really want to teach? Is that what we really want to hear? But practically, though, when you think about an Adolf Hitler or someone who, who you know, the Oklahoma City bomber or anyone who does an act that the general population says that is unacceptable and that person passes away or that person commits suicide. Again, there's this sense and desire for justice. And if there is no justice and if there is no ultimate accountability for that person's actions, then our reaction to that person's uh, um, uh, actions really doesn't make sense. It's a waste of breath. It's a waste of energy. You might as well just say, well, shrug it off because they're living according to their DNA. Mm -hmm. They're living according to exactly the way they were made. Say what you're doing isn't right. Correct. You don't like Jews. Part of your worldview is get rid of genocide. Why let's, not? Let's do this. Well, then I got to let you ride on that. Why not? That's I can't get mad happen. at you because that's yeah. how you were formed. That's how you were evolved. Which goes into the fourth, uh, the fourth question that worldviews seek to answer, which is, do I have a purpose? And this is this is huge. One thing that uh, that not having a purpose does is it completely soaks the life out of out of life 
you know, I having a conversation with somebody last night that I could literally see that there was no purpose in them. I mean, just talking about this right here, I mean, no purpose. Asking them purposeful questions with options and nothing was able to be to be picked. It was just a, I don't care. And this, it doesn't matter. And I must have heard, I don't care. And it doesn't matter last night so many times, but it broke my heart because they don't have a purpose. And, and it's scary when you don't have a purpose. I mean, think about it just at work. The moment that you get fired from a job, that feeling that you get, you know, you either become extremely angry and, and your next, your result or your reaction of the result is to kind of get angry and say, oh, well, curse the world and curse that job. It wasn't good for me anyways. Or you really feel kind of this like draining of your purpose. And so that's something that your worldview should seek to answer. What is your purpose? Is your purpose to be okay with the world on a friendship level, peace to the whole world, you do what you can do? Or is your purpose to, to live in community with the world, but to really understand who you are and who the creator is and who the creator has created you to be and walk with people? as you're walking with the creator. Yeah. Uh, purpose is a big one. Um, and you know, the purpose of, we want to live a lifestyle that is about satisfying myself, a lifestyle of pleasure. That's my purpose. Uh, my purpose is to get, uh, as many material possessions as possible. That's my purpose. My purpose is to live for my kids. You know, that's my purpose. Um, but in that relativistic type of way um you know should your purpose interfere with someone else's purpose mm -hmm. then there's war then there's conflict and it's not about uh you know religions necessarily fighting against each other although that has happened in, in history we see that in the crusades that's something that christianity cannot deny is that we you know had wars in trying to force people to have uh, or to accept a purpose that we uh, that Christianity held, uh, but when you peel back the layers, that wasn't biblical Christianity, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But you know, uh, establishing what is my ultimate purpose in life—that's uh, that's that's one of the things that's plaguing the culture. In that, I think since like the '60s, suicide rates have increased so significantly; um, it's insane. Because, you know, now a life has, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it has no value. You can get torn down real quick with social media and stuff like that. I've seen people, I mean, you get a social media alone can destroy your purpose. I mean, there's statistics to it saying that just being on Facebook or seeing someone highlight their lifestyle, you feel defeated in a way because you're not reaching that point. You're nice. not. I could see like that conscious enough to that level. Yeah, you see people working out, man. I was, you know, and then you look at yourself and you're like, dang, like, man, man I'm, still, so I'm still a buck 40 <laughs> yeah. soaking wet. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> I'm like, dang, I d I've been sitting down by my past job and I just gained 30 pounds. Or why am I not the, going on, the on vacation? Right diet? Yeah. Why am I not going on vacation? Right. This person loves his wife. They're so in love, you know. But again, you're only going to really post what's going to look the most yep. beautiful, what's going to shine like gold, even if it is fool's And gold. I mean, it's like what we've been talking about and what scripture talks about, meaning people are going to be lovers of themselves. Nice, nice. Mm. Yeah. So the last thing that a worldview seeks to answer is, are we alone in the universe? And I like to break this question up into a couple different ways, and I like to answer it a couple different ways. So one of the things I like to do is say, Let's take the universe out of the question and say, are we alone? That is, I've woken up sometimes at night, bro, and I tell you, I will feel alone. The Bible's very clear that we come into this world alone, naked we come in and naked we leave. The Bible's written in things like that. You see, you are essentially alone, but there is Christ. 
there is this spiritual embodiment of a relationship that is not of this world, that is not here, of something that is spiritual that you can have that no matter what, um, no matter what anybody can really say, my, my experience, my overall understanding of, of who God in the Bible is, um, has really shown me that I'm not alone. Hmm. But once you break that question down and you see it that way, most of the time you see, are you not, are you alone in the universe? And you think about an alien, right? You think about something like that. I also want you to take that answer or take that question and think about it. Are we really alone in the universe? I would say no, because the, the God that, that I believe in is, is transcendent from the universe. He then has created time, space, and matter, which is which is inclusive of a universe. So he must then become outside of the universe. The same way, if you guys haven't checked out, Ken Hoven says. Shout that, out to Ken Hoven. What you know about Ken Hoven? Shout out to Ken Hoven. The same way that uh, that Ken Hoven states, if I create a computer, I've then created the programs and the hardware of the computer. I am not inside of the computer. You can see the computer. You can tell that the computer works. It has a purpose to it, but you know automatically that the computer did not create itself. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's that's huge when you're thinking about that question. So do we believe in aliens? Uh I, I take that question and I just say that my that I'm I'm definitely an alien here for sure on this of course <laughs> countercultural world. So I'm definitely the alien. But uh but those are the five questions. Those are the five ones. Uh and it's and it's funny to look at somebody like Stephen Hawking and see what he says when it comes to worldviews. Um and we're talking about this was towards the end of his uh of of his what would we call that? Uh, of all the things that he's done, there should be a word for that. The end of his endeavors. That's a good word. Sure. Something. I like the end word. of his endeavors. He said, all of my life, I have been fascinated by these big questions that face us and have tried to find a scientific answer to them. And he still has not yet been able to find that or any other any other scientist been able to really answer most of these questions. These are holes that your worldview then fills or your religious view fills or your scientific view fills, which is very finicky. I hate when somebody says that their worldview is based off of science because so is mine. And so uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I truly believe that your DNA and the fact that you have a DNA strand that shows information you then have to question where did that information come from it had to have come from something i mean clear information of where things are supposed to go and how it's supposed to get there answers a huge question so um definitely science is 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 pointing to the world view as well there's two i mean there's there's two ways to kind of uh determine some of these questions that we have that you mentioned um particularly about are we alone where do we come from? Let's let's kind of you know start from there. Let's focus on that for a second. So really, there's two options. If there we come from someone or something, we were created. Uh, there is someone, something, or community out there, right? So we're not alone. So there's one option. Option two is we are alone. Nobody created us. It was, it, the universe was self-created. So we just kind of fell randomly in this place, but there's no one particularly out there. And there was nothing that actually formed us. It just kind of happened. So those are really the two extreme views. And within those views, there are some subcategories that we can dive into, but those are the two views that you can have right and then from the view uh the first one we can have like 900 religions uh as a result of that and the other one we can have 900 views there so um as we look at those two and we we think specifically about let's focus on if there is no one out there so there is no purpose uh because we are formed randomly uh there is no one out there so there's no ultimate accountability for our actions um you know what happens when we die again there is no ultimate accountability does it matter 
and do I have a purpose? We just kind of figured out along the way. So if there is no God, if there's no being, if there's no uh, uh, ultimate accountability, if there's nothing there, no substance, and we're just kind of floating around and trying to figure things out, then for us in this country specifically to say that uh, all, all men were created equal, and forget the word created, because I know how you know some of the religious folks will focus on, well, you see, the word created is there, so that means they believe in God. No, no, no. All people are, cre- are, 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 are equal. Are according to, equal. Accor- no, just are equal. According to whom? And how does that come about? So if we're going to hold on to this concept that all people are created equal or, or all people deserve or are entitled to have equal rights, according to whom? So if there's a group over here, an extremist group that says, no way, that's not true, and they come with guns and they just shoot everything up, who am I to blame them? Who are we really to blame them for doing that? Um, you know, when, when we're looking at creating laws and creating uh, uh, judgments for those laws and we're looking to, to, to impose specific morality, going back to morality on people, um, we really can't. We have no place to put anybody in jail. We have no place to judge prostitution. And, 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 you know, right now with the whole abortion thing where like 700,000 abortions are happening a year and, you know, it's kind of shrugged on and yeah, it's not a big deal. It's kind of happening. And you have one group that's saying that's insane and another group that's saying, well, they're not really people. So we can, you know, we can do what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a huge war about it. Yet, uh, you know, it's my body, my choice. Yet nobody's addressing the issue of prostitution their body their choice but there's a sense of morality there that says no you know that's that's wrong that's where the double standard comes that's what i'm saying anything even when you take that to the self-identifying new movement that's happening right now where's the end to it you just said mike that and and i like that i like the the way that you can parallel those two and see the contradiction at hand where you're saying that it's my body my choice over here you're protected by the law, but my body, my choice over here, you're not protected by the law. You cannot today. Yeah, today. today. It may get, it may come to that. And with the poison of self identifying myself with whatever I want and you, I mean the self identifying Mm. literally there is, I don't believe I'm, I really believe that the self identifying is, there is no end to it. There, it is a plague that's that can sweep straight through, bypass all the laws, bypass all the all the areas of government, anything, any belief system, and really sweep us in a certain direction. Well, how do we how do we factor in that we have any value? How do we how do we even concede that people have value? Well, value is relative, right? So it's so, all a matter of preference, really. Yeah. Whatever so you yeah. Believe. So uh, you know the the lighter skin uh, G over here, maybe he has more value, or he's definitely worth more. I mean, just he, so we I love his know. hair. His though. hair, his is hair's on, on point. point. Um, but you know, maybe he's more value than we are, uh, or maybe not. But but for human humanity in it of itself to have any value. There has to be a reference point for value, just like money. You know, you have uh, the, 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 the dollar. Uh, for it to have any value, there has to be something backing the paper. The paper itself has no value. There has to be a trade or a good or something that, that is in demand, something that, uh, that it can be traded. And that trade brings value because there's supply and there's demand. That's how you create an economy. That's how you create value for money. And so if we are given if we are given any value as people, there has to be a backing. There has to be a reference point for us to think that we have any value. But if we don't have any value, because there's no reference point. So if there's no God, there's no there's no absolute, there's no nowhere we're going, then we have no reference point for value. So why not? If life is hard, if I don't get sleep because my kid's not letting me sleep, if my job sucks, if, you know, if everybody's lying to me, if I'm looking at the YouTube channels and they're traveling all over the world and I'm not, why not take my life? I have no value. Value is relative. But if I have value, if my identity is not in the things that exist here, if someone transcendent gives me value, if my creator gives me value, 
then that puts a whole different set on how I live my life, on why I live the way I do, on the way I see people, the way I treat people. It, it actually gives an excuse for us to love each other. It actually gives an excuse for us to show grace to each other when we have differences. It, it, it allows that opportunity for inclusion. If, the, if this country is demanding inclusion, and we want to be accepted and we need tolerance and all that stuff. If you have the absence, that's the, that's the misconception. Throw away religion and you're going to have inclusion. No, 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 no. If you, if you have relativism, if you, have, if you don't have the, the deposit of a reference point, a, 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 a constant, some, someone who created you and gave you value, if you don't have that, then at a drop of a dime, your value's gone. At a drop of a dime, G has more value than us. But if, the, if, you, if you have the deposit of a creator, someone who says, yes, you are all created equal, you all have equal value regardless of skin color, regardless of class, regardless of uh, economic status, regardless of any of that, you all have equal value because I created all of you. Then the, this idea of inclusion makes more sense and it, and it has a leg to stand on. You see what I'm saying? So you can actually move in a forward direction if you have that as a deposit. This culture has it opposite. They want to remove God because they don't want the mor- moral implications. They don't, they don't want the accountability. Yeah. But they, they remove God. They want the relativism. But the relativism gives no substance to the inclusion that they are looking for yeah. or that we're looking for. Let me just stop saying they because I'm part of the culture, right, that we're looking for. So we've got it backwards. And we're that's, crazy. That's big because a... A lot of the reason why people don't want God is that more moral encompassment of of what's going to happen. There is some form of justice. No one wants Big Brother on top of them. No one wants somebody to be to hold them accountable. Can we get rid of accountability, please? I want to use my phone, so I'm going to look, and I'm going to use my phone where the cameras can't see me. Imagine if mm. the camera is all over the place. Mm. Yep. You can't run from this. So, yeah, I don't want that. Like, I don't want any of that. So how do I get rid of it? Oh, well, someone came up with a good idea that says, oh, you can get rid of it because it's all in your head. Whatever you believe is what's real. Yo, so that's crazy. I'm just going to believe it out. This is the crazy part. So... The thought process now is religions, uh, you know, religions are made up. So, oh, you believe in something that's not real. Something was made up. It was a story that was made up. Well, if the counterpart is atheism, if the counterpart is relativism, no God, naturalism, whatever you want to call it, if that's the counterpart, somebody made that up. Yeah. Somebody made it up. It made me feel better about my moral circumstance. Going back to exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be accountable for my actions. I don't, and I'm not speaking from a position of self-righteousness because I understand all my flaws. I understand all of my sin. I understand everything I wrestle with to, uh, up to today. And, and, and I understand that clearly I need, I need an advocate. I need an attorney. I need someone because if, if there is a moral, uh, if there is a, someone who's going to, who to judge me, to hold me accountable based on my actions, I need a representative because I lose every time and everybody at this table loses every time yep. but if i can make it up and say ah oh, you know what there's no ultimate accountability in spite of the fact that all scientific evidence points to the fact that there is a designer or, or at least there was a first cause let's even start start yeah, there first cause there's a first cause Thomas all evidence Aquinas. point yeah Take all, all evidence points to a first cause all evidence points to that so by you dismissing radically saying uh, there's no ultimate accountability. You just made that up, homie. Yeah, it's yep. a feel good. It's a feel good thought process to be able to to say what's real for you is real for you and what's real for me is real for me. So if I just unthink something or I can switch lanes and now what I believe in is true. But that's when Lecrae says, well, what happens if what's true for you is what's true for you? But what happens if that same thing is true for me, but now my truth says that your truth is a lie. Mm. We both are stating that our, we can live within our own truths, but now one of our truths is stating that the other truth has a contradiction and is a lie. Now, what do we do there? 
Well, the easiest thing is to do what the world's doing right now and say, well, it doesn't really matter. We just need to still be able to live together and just brush it off. You guys are different. The whole world is different. No one's going to be the same. So keep it moving. Being tolerant and confident or comfortable. I mean, tolerance, the killer. What, what were we saying? What were the two things? What do you mean? There was like this ebb and flow between, uh, between tolerance and acceptance and acceptance. Yep. Right. We all want to be accepted. We all do. I, I do. At this table right everybody, now, I want that. Everybody. I mean, just even within this, we want to make sure that yeah. we're accepted and people listen to us. Absolutely. But, but the, the acceptance is such a killer because it's so finicky. The fact that you, in order for you to have acceptance, you need to have expectation. Ooh. So, so you, you're now accepted. Am I going to start preaching? Are we preaching? Yo, hit. We're that already that hurt. That so hurt me. Preaching. That hurt me. So <laughs> My heart hurts right now. So the way that I view it is in, in order for us to have acceptance, we need to first have expectations first. And that's where we always fall short. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that you're not accepted, Mike. It's the fact that you placed your own expectation under an acceptance. So you said Mike wants to be accepted. Well, What's going to make you feel like that? Well, I need to be driving a Camaro. By age 29, I need to have this much in my bank account. Hasn't happened. By, and, and so out of all these expectations, you now then fail in your own acceptance report. It's like what people post like hashtag goals. Yeah. And if they don't meet that, they're unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. I drove a 911 Turbo, right? My, my CEO, my COO actually, he has a bunch of cars and i happen to drive his 911 turbo oh i thought you said you were you had a 911 no, i was no. like yo can we end this yeah, podcast right? can now we go drive? can i check this out so so i drove it and i didn't write goals hashtag but somebody else commented right underneath and said hashtag goals <laughs> and i'm like nah like what if i you know what i'm saying like that then becomes an expectation on whether i am now accepted and, and one of the things that holds me is the fact that Christ now has become our acceptance. Mm. For anybody yep. out there that's struggling with the fact of who they are, their identity, their purpose, uh, their acceptance, understand that your expectations, which is the underlining which creates this, this word of acceptance of your being, your expectations have all been fulfilled. At the cross, he said, it is finished. No more expectations. Yep. It's gone. Now, because of the love that I've given you and the grace that I've given you, you have no choice but to continue in a walk of love and grace. It's something that is so compelling that it's very difficult that, yes, there's no acceptance. He's given us freedom. But yet, within my freedom, I still am now submissive and it's the beauty of this beautiful exchange and regardless of what circumstance i fall in so if i end up having so the 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 setting of goals and the achieving of goals we don't want to say it's a bad thing it's a good thing it's a positive thing but when your identity is rooted in that when when all of who you are is rooted in in, in, in getting to where you've always wanted to, to be. And if you happen not to get there, you're done, you hate life. Or, or uh, you know, as you're traveling this journey, since my identity is not rooted in that, I can walk in love and grace and I can take risks. I can take risks because my identity is not in Christ. Hold on. I can take risks because... I, mean, I can take risks because my identity is in Christ. I said it the other way. No. Uh, my identity is in Christ, so I can take risks, and I can trust in that, you know, if, if it happens, man, if I lose everything, if I lose everything for the sake of, of, of loving people, if I lose everything for the sake of wanting to provide for uh, my family, if I lose, say, you know, everything for certain goals maybe that I have, again, my identity is not based on so that. So you didn't lose everything. So you lost nothing. Yes. Your you everything is not 
everything. People are killing themselves because they lost home. They, we're killing ourselves because we lost retirement savings. We, we're killing ourselves because we, you know, we're, we're in a position where we don't have uh, everything that we want. We don't have the education we want. We don't have the friends that we want. And so we're, we're, we're killing ourselves for these things. And again, setting goals and trying to achieve the goals is not a bad thing. But making our entire identity, everything that we are, is that for us to feel self-justified in having a status is is enslavement and christ came to give us freedom said you don't need that everything is in him so to end to end to put a to put a culmination on everything understanding the answer to those five questions i i again we are we're coming at at different topics from an unbiased point of view right We, we are but then we also do have our bias within ourselves which is basically we believe in the biblical worldview. And I just want to tell you that within the biblical worldview, you're not left to figure this whole thing out on your own. You're not. Not only that, but God reveals himself through his son, Jesus, and and brings you closer to the fabric, to the very fabric of science and life. And you are valuable. That's big. That's something that Mike touched on. You are valuable because no matter what, no matter your race, no matter your gender, no matter your ethnic background, we were created in the same image. So that's our commonality to be able to live together, breathe together, whether you're white, whether you're whatever color or wherever you're from. And 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 God loves you. We can end it with that, that God loves you. So make sure you guys hit us up at proofbeyondreason at gmail.com as we end this. We definitely want to hear you guys join the conversation. Let us know if there's a topic. Let us know if there's something you disagree on, man. I really want to hear the things, your thoughts, your agreements, your disagreements. This is not about us really being right. Yes. As as more about us having a conversation. Yeah, this is not a preaching. This is, uh, this is definitely us talking about things that we've experienced, things that we've researched. Uh, we just want to hear from you. Yeah, Things make that sure make you think. What's our YouTube channel, G? What is that? Proof Beyond Reason. Proof Beyond Reason. Check it up on YouTube. And uh, soon we'll be on iTunes. Uh, coming up soon. And uh, and again, this is Mike the Baptist with us. Geology Yo. and religion, man. And we're hitting you off, man. Proof Beyond Reason. See ya. Adios.